Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus and What a Way to go into this brand new year that we are in, uh, then to obtain the favor of the Lord, to be able to be blessed, that we might be a blessing, that we might glorify Him as the true and the living God. Amen. And so I'm excited about this Bible study, about the blessing of the blessing. You know, we've been studying the fact that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. And we read about the blessing that God wanted pronounced upon his covenant people. And today we're going to be talking about the place uh, and purpose of repentance in order to obtain the blessing that God so generously and graciously and mercifully wants to grant us. Remember, the blessing is for our good and His glory. I want to say that again. Remember, God's blessing is for our good and His glory. <laughs> Praise God. And I want to begin with a statement to, today. If there's true repentance, there will be restored blessing and a reestablished testimony. God our God will bless us, and we will bless the Lord with the testimony of those blessings in our life. In First Kings, uh, I'm going to read from the Old Covenant once again, First Kings chapter 8, and we're going to be uh, reading from uh, verses 50 through verse 60. In verse 60, in particular, of 1 Kings chapter 8, the Israelites have just completed building the temple. King Solomon offers a lengthy prayer, in part asking that God would meet his people's needs. He then gives the reason why God should bless his people in this way. And I'm going to quote this, listen, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. <laughs> hallelujah. I put the hallelujah in. He probably did too. And that there is no other. Praise God. Amen. God is both identified and he is glorified because of the blessing that is evidenced on his people. Solomon asked for blessings so that all people everywhere might know there is one God, that all other so-called gods are false, and that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is that true and living God. He asked for blessings so that the true God might be identified and glorified. I want to, I want to say that again very, very clearly. He asked for blessings so that the true God might be identified and glorified. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to put that last verse, verse 60 of 1 Kings 8, in context by reading from verse 50. Listen to the prayer that Solomon prayed uh, to dedicate the temple and the people. It said, And forgive thy people that have sinned against thee, and all their transgressions wherein they have transgressed against thee, and give them compassion, 
before them, who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they be thy people, thine inheritance, which thou broughtest forth out of Egypt from the midst of the furnace of iron, that thine eyes may be open unto the supplication of thy servant and unto the supplication of thy people Israel, to hearken unto them all that call for unto thee. For thou didst separate them from among all people of the earth to be thine inheritance, as thou spakest by the hand of Moses thy servant, when thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God. And it was so that when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from the altar of the Lord from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread to heaven. And he stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, saying, Blessed be the Lord that has given rest to his people Israel, according to all he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. And the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us, that he might incline our hearts unto him to walk in his ways, keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. And let these words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times as the matter shall require, that all the people of the earth may know. (laughs) Hallelujah! That the Lord is God and that there is none else. There is no other. You see, it begins with praying for forgiveness for the people and himself that have sinned against him. You know, the new covenant says, if we say, if we say that we have no sin, we lie. We're lying to God. We're lying to ourselves. We're, we're disingenuous and we're dishonest. If we say that, we are wrong about that. You see, the reason the message of repentance is so rejected today uh, is because people don't see the blessing of restoration and the restoration of the blessing upon his people. Praise God. Why is there such a negative spin upon repentance? And why is there a pushback on the Holy Spirit when he convicts us? It's an uncomfortable feeling. I'll grant you that. But the reason God makes us uncomfortable until we repent is so that we will repent and we can be forgiven. And that's why this Prayer and proclamation begins with verse 50 saying, And forgive thy people that have sinned against thee. Forgiveness is obtained when we repent of our sin. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the Bible said, "If, If we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all iniquity. 
(laughs) And the blessing you see is restored, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God, and there is none else or no other. So God is glorified when we begin to honor and obey His Word, and His blessings become evidenced in our life. Listen to Deuteronomy 4, 5 through 8. It says, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do in the land whether you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the, in, listen very closely, in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath a God so nigh unto them as our God in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day. Praise God. You see, we're, we're coming back again to that principle that the blessing of the Lord is for our good and His glory. Praise God. There will be joy and praise in the sight of God and the nations who say, Who has a God? like our God. Who has a God like their God? No other ruler, no other God will be just, straight, upright in his dealings. No other ruler, no other God will guide them in the path of righteousness. Indeed, we find the same Hebrew word translated guide in Psalm 23.3. It said, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Muslims and Buddhists and nominal Christians, all those who are without a vital relationship with the only living and true God, do not have what the Apostle Peter calls (laughs) joy unspeakable, inexpressible, the deep and full of glory, the deep gladness and joy of knowing God Himself through Jesus Christ our Lord. For if God is at the center of all things, if He is the most beautiful, most loving, most powerful of all beings, recognizing who He is and being in relationship to Him, being led and guided and governed by Him is the source of the greatest joy imaginable. So there's no conflict between glorifying God and the gladness of the peoples. That's why the scripture, my dear friend, said, Serve the Lord with gladness, all ye lands. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and come before his presence with singing. You see, the peoples have joy as they glorify God. The more joy they have in him, the more they glorify him. One one writer says of this that we can underline this truth by changing one word in the answer to find the question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Listen, the question is, what 
is the chief end of man. The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. You know, the Bible said, Therefore we joy in God in the New Testament. We joy in God through Jesus Christ. It goes on to say the kingdom of God is not meat and it's not drink, but it's righteousness. It is peace and it is joy in the Holy Ghost. We've been challenged to ask large enough that God might be glorified in the answer. God has been getting us ready to receive. He's been posturing us for blessings by developing our character spiritually and building our faith. So get ready. Our God, the true God, our God, the good God, our God, the great God, our God, the almighty God, our God, the Father God, the shepherd God, the everlasting God, the saving God, the delivering God, the healing God, our God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, our God, even our own God, shall bless us as the scriptures declare, and his name shall be glorified among the nations. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like this, this true little story. A nurse told this story, and I quote, A precocious four-year-old was brought to the ER with a severe cough. She kept up a non-stop conversation while I was trying to assess her lung sounds. Finally, I said, Shh, I have to see if Barney is in there. You know, the big blue dinosaur. The child looked at me and calmly stated, I have Jesus in my heart. Barney is on my underwear. <laughs> Amen. That child knew who belongs in the center of our life, who is central to our faith, who is central to our joy and our happiness and our fulfillment, and it is Jesus in our heart. That's what we're in worship to learn. Amen. God parted the Red Sea to deliver His people and to glorify His name. You see, that's what this is all about. There was a time in America when we were known as a Christian nation. And when we went to wars, Christian people prayed and God granted His blessing to defeat adversaries, defeat enemies, protect our shores, keep our people. Oh, friend, what a nation we became when we were a God-fearing, God-serving nation. And how God was glorified when the nation saw the blessing of the Lord upon America. God bless America. Amen. Is something that we need again. We need His blessing upon this nation, but we need it upon the church and every Christian individually that we might do more than just declare from the Scriptures who is the true and living God. But as we declare it from the Scriptures that we're able to display it in our 
personal lives, in answered prayers, deliverances, doors that come open, walls that fall down, devils that are defeated. (laughs) Amen. Listen, friend of mine, God parted the Red Sea for Israel to deliver his people and to glorify his name. I want to read from Isaiah 63. It said, then he, 63, 11 through 14, then he remembered the days of old, Moses and his people saying, where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within him, that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make himself an everlasting name. Hallelujah. That led them through the deep as a horse in the wilderness that they should not stumble. As a beast goeth down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So thou didst lead thy people to, here it is again, listen, don't miss this, to make thyself a glorious name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Again, I want to reiterate to you today. God wants to bless us for our good, but not just for our good, for His glory. You see, I don't want to be blessed with healing so I can watch television without pain, so I can go about my uh, my seeking my personal pleasure uh, without having to deal with any problems or pressures in life. That's not why He's granting me peace. He wants to put me, He wants to put you, dear friend, through that peace that passes understanding on display to a gainsaying world, that they may see the blessing of the Lord upon our lives and, and give Him the glory and say of us, Who has a God (laughs) like our God, a God so nigh us in all that we call upon him for a God that hears a God that answers prayer, a God that comes through praise God and people see it and they know something is different about those people. They're not just worshiping some dead religious system. They're worshiping a living God. They're worshiping a resurrected Lord. They're worshiping a God who moves in response to their cry. Oh my, our good and His glory, it is indeed a win-win. But to obtain that blessing that becomes so evidenced in our life, that it puts us on display to a gainsaying world, that our God may be glorified, requires that we make a deep personal commitment to repent of our sin, our selfishness, our rebellion, sins of omission, sins of commission. You see, if we, if we, if we may not say it, In so many words, if thou say thou hast no sin, but if we never repent of known sin, (laughs) and I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit will convict us so that we can know the need for repentance. The Word of God uh, will come as a pruning 
purging instrument in our life. I've often said to our, our congregation, not just radio congregation and our, our, our web congregation for these Bible studies, but to our per- personal practical congregation that I minister to, the people that come. I have often preached a message that have convicted me, have put me on my knees, have, I have had to go home and, and, and not just pray about it and confess something, but to make adjustments in my my life, my values, my priorities, that I may walk in His ways and obtain His favor and His blessing that the world may know that He is the true and the living God. Repentance brings a mighty restoration, a mighty refreshing, a mighty revival. Praise God. God parted the Red Sea once again to deliver His people and to make an everlasting name for Himself. You see, He leads us in the path of righteousness for His name's sake that He might be identified and glorified. You know, when Israel sinned to the point they pushed gods to his limits, even though he didn't cross any limit because there's no limit to his mercy and grace, he was pushed to the place that he said, you know, I'll, I'll just, this people won't serve me no matter I deliver them out of Egypt. They grumble, they complain, they disobey. And Moses stood in the gap for Israel and said, think about your name. Think about your name. Think about what they're going to say about you. (laughs) That you brought them out and then you abandoned them or you judged them or you destroyed them. Oh, and it was just exactly what God wanted him to pray because it's exactly what God wanted to do. He wanted to restore them, not destroy them. His corrections are not to harm us, they are to help us. Corrective judgments, which bring chastisements, is to reposture us to be blessed. (laughs) The end result is blessing and not cursing, that God may restore us completely, and then may move in such a way in response to our cry, our prayers, our needs, that our needs will be met supernaturally, and the world will know that He is the true and living God, and He has a people. Hallelujah! And we are His people. Those of us that have trusted Christ as our Savior and identified Jehovah, Yahweh, as the true and the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. My friends, I have some good news, some comforting news, soul-cheering news to report to you today. The Lord our God right now throughout all the earth to the people who will repent who he can so he can restore and bless god our god is making himself an everlasting and glorious name it's our good that gives him such glory this is god's purpose in all things everything that he does and everything that he allows to be done 
is done according to God's holy and wise purpose to bless His people and glorify Himself. To make Himself, therefore, a great and glorious name. This is what He says in our text. He led His people, and I'm quoting, by the right hand of Moses with His glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make Himself (laughs) an everlasting name. Hallelujah. Praise God. As a beast goeth down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. You see, God's greatest and highest object is to make himself an everlasting and glorious name. So someone has said, attempt great things for God. And then... Expect great things from God. Repent so God can restore this fellowship relationship and restore the blessing. And when He does, ask large enough of God that He may be both identified and glorified in the answer. Hallelujah. I believe we need to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes. I'm asking for something bigger and better than I would have asked before a soul searching in my own heart and my own life. I want to represent a a great God, a good God, a gracious God. I want to to distinguish the God I serve from I want to distinguish the God who made man from man-made gods and idols and I want the blessing on my life to distinguish him hallelujah to be seen these blessings shall come upon thee praise God hallelujah and that's why this is the blessing of the blessing, and it's much deeper and a higher purpose than just getting our needs met so we can go on seeking worldly pleasure. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. When God blesses us, it it is a pleasure. It is wonderful. But the blessing itself, hallelujah, is the greater joy than anything He could possibly do for you or give you is to be in that right standing with God. Hallelujah. So the last part of the pronounced blessing was that He would give us peace, lift His countenance, smile upon us. Amen. Be gracious to us and give us peace. Oh, what a blessing it is to have peace with God and then acquire the peace of God. And then pray and commit everything to God so that peace would keep our heart and mind. Amen. The Bible said, in all things, with prayer and supplication in the New Testament, let your requests be made known unto God. And with thanksgiving and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your can you imagine 
this peace that permeates both the spirit of a man and the soul of a man, the mind and the heart of a man or woman, boy or girl, this peace, not as the world gives, Christ grants unto us. And I'm going to tell you, when people see that peace in you, in a world that's filled with fear and trepidation and trouble, you know, the sign of the last days is that men's hearts fail them for fear, looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. And when they see our faith and they see our peace, oh, it will attract their attention to the fact that the God we serve is the true and living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we are indeed His covenant children. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, the Bible said the wicked are like the troubled sea. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all Until we are saved and sanctified, we're all wicked in His sight. But because Jesus went to the cross, stayed on it for six agonizing hours, so we could be right with God. So that we could be forgiven if we would only repent and receive Christ as our Savior. Today, please don't run from Him any longer don't worry about that pet sin that sin you think if I if I ever become a Christian I'll have to give that sin up I'm going to tell you if you give a sin up and are forgiven of it God will fill the place of that sin with his peace his joy and his fulfillment and I guarantee you you won't miss the sin. <laughs> Man, your flesh might. Oh, but your soul will be so filled. Amen. That you, the real, everlasting you, won't miss the sin. Oh, friend, come to Christ today. Repent of your sin. Receive His forgiveness and obtain His favor. And let every blessing and every promise that He has made to bless you, become manifest in your life, that He might make for Himself in the 21st century an everlasting name in the earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we love you today. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.